This is Working Tech, where we talk about how tech can work harder so we can work better. Because hardly working isn't an option. There was a millennial right next to me, and I could look over her shoulder at what she was doing on her smartphone. She was flipping through job ads, and can you guess how long she was spending on each one? A second or two each. I watched her flip through at least 50 in just a couple minutes. Hey, everybody. This is Kevin W. Grossman, creator and co-founder of the Working Tech Podcast and one of the co-hosts. Myself, along with co-founder and co-host Bill Bannum, welcome you to our new series where we'll talk about all things tech in the working world around us, including HR, recruiting, and related technologies. Our guests will include those who make the magic happen so we can all work better. Here's the thing. A straightforward text job description can be a lot more compelling with video and glass door reviews and employee testimonials and more. Every job has a natural social network surrounding it that includes the hiring team, the candidates, and other connectors. OnGig's platform helps to remove the friction between candidates and employers, increasing application conversions, and ultimately better hires. Enjoy this conversation I had with co-founder and CEO of OnGig, Rob Kelly. So tell me, Rob, why OnGig? Why was this organization founded? Why did you find the comp- found the company? And what is the primary challenge that you, that you address today in the marketplace? Kevin, thanks for having me. It's been fun meeting you recently. And I'm a content guy. You know, I'm, I love writing. And as a journalist early on, fortunate enough to get to interview Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and some great folks um, that started my career. I love content. And... You know, around 20 years ago now, I got to meet Craig of Craigslist, Craig Newmark, and I uh, got to go hang out uh, at their office in San Francisco and uh, in the inner sunset and super cool. You know, they're in a Victorian flat. There were like seven or eight of them. And I was blown away by what they were doing. And when I left the meeting, I, I, I figured out what his business model was. And not everyone knew at that point. Most people, especially in recruiting, know this now but they get 90 plus percent of their money from uh, selling job ads. And I walked out of the meeting with Craig and his team um, with a couple ideas. One was I said, how cool would it be to build a Craigslist? I mean, it's just incredible. These guys hanging out in San Francisco. By the way, most profitable per employee uh, internet company uh, in history that I know of. Based on what? And, and where did pure, that- Pure profit per number of people working there. They're more profitable per employee than Google, Facebook, anyone. And the reason is they spend nothing on marketing. Uh, they're super lean. And it's just the way it is. High margins. And- was, this, was this something that was, no, I'm just curious. Was this something mm-hmm. that was published like in Forbes or Fortune or- You know, I'm not sure people have picked up on it because, you know, they're private, but with the lawsuit with eBay uh, way back when and, and other things, I mean, they're now doing, I, I used to keep track of it pretty religiously, but I mean, they're doing a few hundred million a year. Their pre-tax profit margins are just through the roof. Um, you, you could just see, I mean, just number of offices they have and stuff. They are a lean organization. Sure. They're not like a Google with giant campuses and things. They got a tiny, you know, office in San Francisco and another couple around the world. So anyway, that was, it really inspired me on a couple levels. One was that first off as a company, how cool is that, you know, to, to be this powerhouse and, and a do good kind of organization too. And Craig's done a lot of good since then. As I dug deeper, what I thought was really clever that he did was the, his ads that he was making money from, these job ads, were they appeared as any other page on Craigslist. 
So if you go look at a job ad on Craigslist and you're a candidate, you don't know it's a job ad. It looks like the same thing as some event that gets announced or a garage sale or a farmer's market thing or free golf clubs out in front of someone's house, whatever else is up on Craigslist. And I thought that was really clever. So the candidate, when they were going to Craigslist, they thought they were just looking at content. They didn't know someone was selling them an ad versus it's a little bit different if you uh, go to some other places. So, so no, I get, I'm following you. So what you're, what you're saying then is that it, what he's doing is that he's actually getting heads to turn for individuals that weren't actually going to Craigslist initially to look for jobs, but all of a sudden, lo and behold, they're finding job listings. Absolutely. Passive candidates more. And right. so I thought, and, and every page looked the same, same sort of format. A lot of people would say dull and boring, but I thought, wow. So he's, I'm a content guy again. So he's treating a job ad as, as kind of regular old content. I tucked away in my head. I'm a business nerd like you and say that in a positive <laughs> way. Of course, of course. And um, I actually kept a spreadsheet and started to keep track of their revenue and, and employees and page views and how they were making their money because I just was so interested. I had nothing to do with online recruiting at that point. This is way back in 96 or so. So then um, fast forward a couple CEO jobs later, I'm uh, in the need of getting to be better at hiring myself. So I'm CEO of a company called Hot Topic Media now. This is back in 2006 or so. And uh, a couple of us agreed we had to get better at hiring. We all know that. I don't believe recruiters are the only ones who should recruit. I believe everyone needs to recruit. That's just my value. And so we did some research. We found the smartest guy on hiring that we could find, Jack Welch of GE's hiring coach. His name's Brad Smart. He's famous for writing the book Top Grading. And we went out to Chicago and studied under him for two days. We had to talk him into giving us the, the, the workshop because he had other people trained and things. And so Anyway, in, in two days in a lunch with him, a couple lunches, he told me two things that changed my thinking about hiring forever. One was that half to three quarters of hires are mistakes. When you ask the hiring manager later, when he went and asked all G's hiring managers later, a year later, was that a good hire? Half to three quarters said, no, wish we had never made it. That blew me away. Whoa, that batting average is way lower than I thought. I started to wonder, was my batting average right? Started to look back at my hires over the years and said, you know, that's probably pretty close. And then number two, he said, you know what the cost, Rob, is of a mishire that happens half, three quarters of the time? I said, no, I don't know. And he said, well, it depends exactly which type of job, but on average, just call it around 13 times their salary. And I said, what? Are you kidding? What do you mean 13 times their salary? you make a bad hire, you just get rid of them. And that's it. He said, well, no, Rob, what happens at GE and other places is they don't get rid of them. They stay on for a few years. So you've actually invested a few years of salary, bonuses, commissions, whatever else. And if they're they're the bad apple, so the good apples are affected and they leave, the A players, as he called them, leave because you hired a C player. They lose confidence in you and it adds up to, you know, the cost, opportunity cost and salary and all that is 13x, and I'd been hiring an 80k a year engineer who was trying to at that moment. And I said, Wow, so Brad Smart, if he's right, what this means is that this, this engineer I'm about to hire for 80k a year, chances are I'm going to make a mistake if I'm like the guys at GE and they're pretty smart. So one and two chance plus I'm going to make a mistake and screw it up. And it's going to cost me a million dollars, 80k times 13. Right. <clears throat> and so I said, Wow, a million dollar transaction for a hire. 
And it changed my thinking when you start to think. And then I thought, million dollar mistake, right? For, for the person you're hiring, though, if, you, if it works out, it's also worth at least a million dollars, just giving ballparks on average. Because you and I both know, whoever we hire, we want them to stay for many years to come. Oh, absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. five, 10, 20 years, we want them to be mm -hmm. lifers, as we call them. And they want that, too. The candidate, they want to stay. They want a home. Almost every candidate, even millennials who you say are job hopping and stuff, if you give them the right job, they want a place to stay for a long, long time. Some projects on the side. So I started to think about this million dollar transaction and how where else in, in your your life do you do you have a million dollar transaction? Maybe if you're lucky enough to buy a house, uh well tuition started to get there. You know that with two girls, right? Um that's gonna cost you a million plus uh by the time they're in college. Yeah, thanks for reminding me, Rob. Appreciate <laughs> appreciate it. Me, hey, go. I'm right behind you. I got one boy, but he's <laughs> he's younger, so it's probably gonna cost me a million just for him. <laughs> But the point is that, you know, a million dollar transaction, so huge. And then I had the flashback to Craig and Craigslist. And I said, wait, million dollar transaction and the ad, the web page that we're advertising this million dollar opportunity is a bunch of text that hasn't been changed since the internet formed and people just copy and pasted help wanted ads onto the internet back in the monster and online career center days. And mm -hmm. remember all the early days. And I said, something's got to change. So years later, uh, I decided to do something about it. Launched on gig, and uh, we have the ability to add video, pictures. If you want uh, slide decks on there, you want chat, we can add it. You want ratings and reviews from Glassdoor or others, you can add it. A map, a live testimonial for real from an actual employee. So they help the recruiting team recruit. You can have it, add it to the job page all through an on gig cloud platform. And that's a little bit about the history of OnGig. I mean, well, three days, we're still at it, but that's how we got here. So, Rob, no, what's exciting about what you, you have ultimately put together in launching OnGig is that you're aggregating a lot of the, the kinds of content that we as candidates, and I always use candidate interchangeably, whether they've applied or not, just because we're all perpetual candidates at, at, at any given time, uh, whether we're gainfully employed, underemployed, unemployed, whatever the case is. But you're aggregating a lot of, of research points, um, data points, uh, kinds of information more, you know, to use the jargon, transparent information that I want to see as part of an organization that I'm already going to anyway. And I say that because, you know, it, uh, part of the research that we do at Talent Board, an organization that I, that I help run, is all about uncovering what's going on in recruitment and candidate experience. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, the, like, for example, the career site is still one of the primary destinations for active job seekers when they're out there looking and want to find out more information about a company and their jobs. But it's actually taken a little bit of a hit. It's still number one, but it's, it's, it's lost itself. But that's because now there's so much out there. Like I'm going to Glassdoor. I'm going, I'm using other resources. I'm going online to social media and, and video. Video is a huge differentiator and, and, and at least in consumer based marketplaces. And it is so for the, the job seeker now. So I like how you can pull those pieces together. There's very few players that are doing just this. There are, there are other players and other solution providers that are doing parts of this. So how do you differentiate? Because I think there's kind of a blue sky going on here, right? How do you differentiate from your competitors then? Well, I love that blue sky. And one of my favorite books I'm looking at is the blue ocean strategy. And we're all over um, those kind of concepts. Yep. Yep. You know, a couple of things, speaking of books, so a great way to answer that question is a book called Rework by the guys who built Basecamp. Yeah, I read that. I remember that. That's a good book. 
What a yeah. great business. What a great team. Yeah. What a great book. And there was one thing, if you can remember one thing from a book to me, it's worth, you know, the, the price even of a print book yes. when, I, when I bought it. And the thing from that book that uh, was worth it for me helps answer the question, which they say, any business you're in, you got to ask yourself, uh, what's the hot dog in your hot dog stand? So if you, Kevin and I were to launch a hot dog business, you know, wh- what are we going to care most about? Well, and by the way, I'm not a huge hot dog eater, but I'm borrowing it from the book, <laughs> like uh, the analogy or metaphor, whichever that is. And basically, um, you know, we're not going to sweat the condiments and the color of the umbrella and the, the, the exact beverage list and everything else before we make sure we nail the wiener in the bun. <laughs> right, right. If you don't have that, we're, we, we're not much of a hot dog stand. So I always try to remember that and ask myself, you know, what's the hot dog in my hot dog stand? Little baby boy might be cruising by here if you hear some crying. Um, just home from a that's it. it just it just keeps it all real. I love it. Yeah, it that's keeps amazing. it all real. Don't worry about it. I, absolutely. There you go. In the park today. The uh, the hot dog and on gigs hot dog stand is we're going to give you the best job ad, best job description in the world. And we decided that that's a really important hot dog, and everyone's got it. So anyone you talk to, if you're hiring, you've got a job pitch. And when I say job ad, job page, job rec, job description, I use those all interchangeably. They might appear in different places, but they are an ad. Back to Craigslist, right? (laughs) This is an ad. That's why people pay Craig, you know, now hundreds of millions of dollars a year for a boring text, you know, job ad. He's got the eyeballs. So um, that's the hot dog in our hot dog stand. We, We try to really focus on making sure every one of our clients has the best job ad in their industry, their region, and beyond. That, that's our big focus. And when you limit it to that, uh, we even have a job description rewriting service. It's pretty automated, but it's not cloud software. But we do that just because we so believe in this. So we have a professional services team, professional copywriters that will actually rewrite the text of your job because so many clients came to us and said, we're embarrassed. I'm sure you've seen this, right? The text that's just copied. Oh, well, it's not, it's that it's, it's, um, I talk to many organizations all the time. Uh, We do a lot of educational workshops too, where I'm talking to them about how the job description still matters, but are you, have you done an audit of late? Have you really read through, um, gone through it with not only your recruiting team, but but somebody who's understands writing, maybe an outside resource and maybe sitting down and you know, have you even revisited how your intake, intake session, sessions go with your hiring managers as well when you're first putting something together that is resembling this, this particular job description? The thing I wanted to ask about next is that, you know, millennials aside, we're all pretty much becoming digital citizens these days, right? All of us, young and old, using social quite readily now, obviously, but also, you know, we're, we're looking at more and more stuff especially even that relates to looking for and researching a job, a brand, a company on our mobile devices, right? So how, how has that impacted your development and, and your market strategy today? Just, just the looking at the social and mobile aspect. Yeah, great questions. Well, you know, I was on, uh, I, I work in San Francisco and, and live in Oakland. So I'm in Oakland, just going to work from home because we've got some family around. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I was on the bus the other day. And the, the Wi-Fi bus that we are so fortunate to have back between East Bay and San Francisco. 
And I happened to be just uh, positioned, my, my seat was positioned in a way where there was a millennial right next to me and I could look over her shoulder at what she was doing on her smartphone. She was flipping through job ads. And can you guess how long she was spending on each one? A second or two each. I watched her flip through at least 50 in just a couple minutes. And she would pause periodically. And you know why she paused? Either there was a piece of media like a video or the logo was kind of nice or in some other way it stood out and it was not in a textual way. It was the way that the page was kind of laid out. And so in this new world where she could slide just, you know, left and right through them, just like Tinder, right? Finding a date. And this was a passive candidate. I know that. She's come back from work. A good candidate. Like, you want this person. It was UI, UX. This, you know, this is tough in the Bay Area to get someone like that. That's a... That could be a purple squirrel, unicorn, whatever you want to call. <laughs> so purple unicorn squirrel. Right, we can and, make uh, up anything like that. There you go. I, I love yeah. it. One of the things on gigs designed to do is keep that candidate on the page. We're really proud. Our averages, you know, it ranges in the minute, minute and a half up to five, six minutes that a candidate will stay on a page. Not always for mobile. We have less numbers on that. We're still getting those. But in general, uh, net, net. They're on there for a long time and the longer they're on there, the more sticky they are to your, to your company and to that job. So just a little anecdote on mobile in general. And then, I mean, you know this, I know this, but there's two measurements of mobile now that are really important. One is what I just explained, the millennial looking at this job, it's got mm-hmm. to capture their attention immediately engage them, everything else, get them to the call to action. The other one is that Google in the last few months, and there wasn't a huge you know, huge press releases about this or anything, but us in the in the know, you you and I and others who study this um, noticed, which is Google now does a what they call a mobile first uh, indexing of websites. So they actually, because they hit the tipping point, fifty one plus percent now go look at Google through mobile device. Yes. So when they measure your page and where it should rank. They actually now look first at mobile. They've written about this on their little developer blogs. Little, I mean huge, but niche developer blogs that if you're not watching developer stuff, you'd miss. And that is absolutely huge. So now if you, not only, so you have to look good for the candidate, but if you're not checking off all the items on the checklist for mobile development, Google will now penalize you. And that company um, that that does all other things equal, they're going to send traffic to them first, even if they're tiny. Yeah, I'm really surprised when I ask a room of talent acquisition leaders and their teams and I say, how many of you have a, a responsive design career site and, and you know, mobile optimized career site? And it's, it's still a mixed review and how many hands go up. The thing I wanted to touch on quick too, which I was going to ask you, I mean, obviously that's a great stat. If you're, if you're candidates that are using um, your customers' uh, job descriptions via the OnGig solution and it's, they're spending a minute, minute and a half on there, that's great. I would assume that video is probably one of the biggest differentiators there, right? It is, but you know, it's the sexy ones. You're, you're right on there. We got, you know, tons of employers are reaching out just for video. Like that's their hot button. Um, but that's the hot button of the day. You, you know, if you and I were doing this Three years ago, uh, we'd be talking about social recruiting, right? Like that, you know, or something else. And, and five years ago, it'd be SEO. All these things are built sure. into on gig, by the way. So on the job itself, we've got the recruiter makes him or herself known. They have to be visible, the rec owner. 
you see their LinkedIn URL, sure. you see who they are with their face. That's number one. We believe in transparency and the best candidates all want that. Number two is, let's say the recruiter needs help from the rest of the team. Well, we have a thing called live testimonial now where anyone, the hiring manager, or anyone at the organization, all of Aetna can come in and plug that job and say, you know what? I was a customer associate, customer service associate. And I loved it. That's how I started my career at Aetna. It was great. I was in Gainesville, Florida, or wherever they were. A lot of them seem to be in Gainesville. And I loved it. So live testimonial. Now you're getting the non-recruiters to recruit. Uh, very interesting. And then uh, you mentioned before, they're going to go elsewhere already to places like Glassdoor. We bring that in. The ratings and reviews are embedded right into Glassdoor. We're the first Glassdoor partner to do that at scale and first to do it at all. So um, you start to treat this like a true social network. And then you talked earlier about, well, video is important. Um, so yeah, if, if there's some video on this job or this department on YouTube, what's it doing on YouTube? There's no call to action there. You can't apply or join a talent community. So what's it doing for you on YouTube? Right. It, it's not recruiting. Maybe you could put in a little thing in the comments or try to get a link in there, but no one really does it. So get that video over where it counts, where it's next to the call to action, apply or join the talent community or move on or make a comment or do something else. Oh, by the way, we allow you to comment. So now you're talking about the job. That's what people do in real life. You're talking about the job the recruiter is. So we, Ange doesn't do anything. You know, I'm really proud of the fact that Ange is not trying to invent new behaviors. We're just automating the things people are doing already, watching videos or looking at Glassdoor. They're, uh, they're, they're going to LinkedIn profiles of a recruiter when the recruiter emails them or spams them. On the reporting side, so from a user perspective, the, the customers now, not the candidates themselves, but the recruiters, mm -hmm. as well as the executive leadership. So how, how are they benefiting from using the platform? What kind of reporting are you offering? And, and how are they understanding the, the, the conversion value of what it is that you're providing um, you know, with these more, I would call, motivating job descriptions? Yeah. Awesome question. And I mean, that is key, right? So now we flip it around. We covered a lot of candidate facing stuff, as you pointed out. And for the recruiters and the, uh, the employer and, and the reporting in particular, there's a couple of things to think about. One is, and, and we're real excited about some of these. We think these are just must-haves in the future here. So for instance, uh, we had one client in San Francisco, a tech company, good-sized tech company, kind of pre-IPO type tech company. And they put up videos from three different people to hire a tech person. We tested this out. They had a hiring manager, they had a recruiter, and then they had the, um, uh, they had just a, like a peer, just someone kind of loosely in the team, uh, on the tech team. And we put up the videos for this same job and we measured which did best. And we found that the peer, this woman who actually turned out to be kind of a quiet person, um, that not many people knew, knew about. Let's just call her Joanna. So Joanna's video, the, the pages that Joanna's video uh, was on had over double the apply rate, over twice the candidates clicked apply when she was in the video talking about the job versus when the recruiter was or the hiring manager was. So same traffic comes to the site. Sure, sure. Or elsewhere and you get uh, 200 people come in, suddenly you move the needle double. And by the way, they weren't knucklehead candidates because that client of ours pushed us hard on how many converted to interview. They measured it, how many converted to interview. They measured this on their back end. 
And those numbers actually moved up overall, just using videos as a win-win. They got more pipeline and they got more quality. Doesn't happen every time. That's one example. We found another real interesting reporting um, analytic stat that uh, came up, which was when OnGig optionally allows the candidate to ask a question of the employer, of, of the job owner, which typically is a recruiter, could be the hiring manager. And it's uh, curated, it's approved by the employer, no you know, profanity gets up there or anything else. It's meant to be constructive to the job ad. Mm-hmm. We found that when candidates asked questions, they were then one in two likely to apply versus the industry average. If you go to Sherm and other places, it's about 11% apply rate. 11% of candidates who, who you know, visit job pages apply roughly. Mm-hmm. They range the numbers. In this case, it was 50%. Someone commented, so engage a little bit and then watch your numbers go through the roof. The more that you differentiate from the front end, that's why there's a lot more stock put in recruitment marketing now and the job description and what, how you're actually positioning what it is they're going to be doing um, with video. And maybe there's uh, you know, a, a hiring manager talking at me as a potential candidate of this, this is what you're going to do and this is what, and, and you're going to work for me and this is what we do at this organization. Those things are really our starting. And so it's great that you shared those stats. Obviously, after everything that you shared right now, you are doing a lot of great work with you and your team, right? But what exactly does Rob do when he's hardly working, if that ever is the case? And I, can, and I, I say that tongue in cheek because I know you had, of course, your son wandering through the room earlier <laughs> while we were doing this. So I'm assuming that's a big part of that equation. But briefly, what, what, else, what else does Rob like to do? Yeah, it's funny, you know, the old Rob or, or younger days, Rob would have been so embarrassed by suddenly a little baby crying in the background. And now it's, you know, brings me joy because I know, hey, I'm talking to someone cool like you. You're not going to care. And listeners are not going to care. And that's my life. You know, I'm a, I'm a proud papa, too. Don't worry about I that. I get it. You've had those. Uh, Don't worry about that. They're not crying as much anymore, but you, you had. Uh, but they've wandered in when I've been recording <laughs> podcasts. Absolutely. And oh, I I just, in fact, I actually edited part of. Uh, one where I had a little negotiation session with my youngest daughter about a treat that she wanted. Um, and I put it at the end of the podcast for fun. So there you go. Yeah. I think one of those went uh, viral right overseas. Someone recently had, uh, it was like a, a, a BBC thing where the kid. Yeah. The committee kid walked in the yeah. video, the video yeah. that was pretty funny. Hey, maybe Speak, you're onto something there. Speaking the of video, I know. <laughs> let your girls in more often. Maybe they I know I maybe. should. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. They'll, so, they'll make this interview more popular. So, um, yeah, so you know, I love uh, I love to travel. Just got back from Israel, but you know, I'm I'm a business nerd. So when I go and travel, for instance, I do a lot of business. I love it. So I don't, um, you know, I went and met with the CEO of Get Taxi, who is kicking Uber's butt in Israel right now. Interesting. And they're in a hundred cities overseas. I thought that's an interesting guy to to get to know. So we strolled around Tel Aviv together and just brainstormed. Um, brainstorm business. And um, I'm getting ready to go to Switzerland and Italy in a few months with uh, some high school buddies and our families. And uh, so we're going to all hang out there. Again, I'll be talking business with them. We all, you know, if we, we love talking about what we do nine to five for some of us or seven to six <laughs> for others or whatever the hours are, you probably work even longer hours. And then just uh, right now I'm trying to learn how master to play hide and go seek with baby maverick um, <laughs> but at the same time be able to video record him when he cracks up and then send it to my mom on the east coast 
to just make her more part of our family. Oh, absolutely. You know what? Listen, listen, (laughs) everything that we, everything that we do is inextricably linked to itself. And that means work, family, love, living, everything. It's, it's all part of the same package. So, so Rob, lastly, um, how do we learn more about OnGig? In terms of getting in touch, I mean, uh, you know, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Rob Kelly, go invite me to LinkedIn and we can connect there. Go to OnGig.com if OnGig at all sounds interesting and uh, reinventing the job ad for you guys sounds interesting. Please uh, just reach out to us. You can request a demo. You can ping me on LinkedIn. I'm at Rob at OnGig.com if you want to email me. Well, there you go. Well, that's excellent, Rob. I so appreciate you being on Working Tech. We'll be back with more Working Tech soon. Until then, be good and work better. Brought to you by ReachWest Media and the HR Gazette.